you know, that job that you were debating of quitting for months now, and you just didn't have the time to sit down and make your checklist, guess what? You have time to make your checklist. And are you going to stay there? Are you going to quit? You know, that job that wasn't flexible enough. Um, now they went remote. Lesson in disguise. Hey, friend. It's David Nabinsky here in New York City. So excited for this podcast episode with Georgie and Getton McCoy. I was lucky to interview Georgie for episode 33 during January 2019, um, and I loved having the opportunity to chat with her a second time. It's just so amazing to see. And at that time, uh, she had just finished her book, The Art of Getting Ish Done. Um, In this episode, you'll learn about her journey since writing the book. Um, I think it's just really amazing to always uh, hear stories uh, before and after of projects, uh, especially an amazing one like writing a book. Um, Georgie also shares the power of being broke in in case you find yourself in a difficult situation right now and how to hopefully take advantage of it um, in any way that you can. Um, You also learn about how Georgie is currently rebalancing uh, her portfolio career and and how she took the lead on a new project um, and just some really amazing tactics and insights here. Uh, she's also an expert in Remo, which is a virtual networking organizing tool, uh, kind of like Zoom, but different. And yeah, this is a really powerful episode. If you're looking for a little bit of boost, some inspiration, uh, this episode is definitely for you. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Georgie. Welcome, Georgie. Um, thanks Hi. for coming back onto the show, round two. What a what a treat! Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Glad to be here. Uh, so, so we first, uh, what I love about these kind of round two or second chances is basically all the mistakes I made the first time. I'm able to <laughs> fix fix them, but uh, just a lot more conversational. And I think what's uh, amazing last time when we chatted uh, in the beginning of 2019 um, was right around the time you were just about to launch your book, mm-hmm. um, and you know. Uh, as Portfolio Career Podcast is all about launching projects and things of that nature. So we'd just love to talk about, uh, just start off with like, yeah, how did things go after the book launch and lessons learned, things of that nature? Yeah, so the book launch went well, um, really well, you know, got people reading it. A lot of people were inspired by the story. A lot of people were like shocked and like surprised about like all the things that happened and, you know, felt really motivated by the content of it because it was supposed, it's the, the book is a part memoir, part productivity, business management kind of book. And I really wanted to show people like the insides of my life of like, you saw me doing this and that, you know, on the big stage of like tech events, hackathons, entrepreneurs, you saw me on this, this stage, but behind the scenes right behind the curtains this is also what was going on and knowing and like and I feel like putting down the veil and I know this is a lot of like stage references but just like putting that veil down to say you know this is what entrepreneurship looks like this is what it looks like to have a portfolio career this is what it looks like to have you know be multi-passionate and have many projects um while having like a crazy life behind it and you know it's normal right it's normal it's not like overnight success don't think if you see me on this this new stage or this new opportunity that it was just it came out of nowhere there were was a lot going on but I didn't have to prioritize I had to be really strategic not only in my work but in life to make these things happen and to get everything done um so you know I went on like a mini book tour last year in the summer uh, went to like a five-stop book tour around like New York City and like the state a couple stops on Long Island 
And, um, you know, I've sold a lot of copies right now. I am actually re-editing the book to do a second edition um, publication because there are a few, you know, there are a lot of <laughs> things that, you know, were just like misplaced. And um, for some reason, the text was like gray instead of like rich black. So just there's little changes that I think can make the book pop even more and um, spread even more. So I'm going to just, you know, make th- I've made those changes and we're going to be republishing the book around late summer. Awesome. One thing that you talked about also was just the uh, the behind the scenes and just getting a lot of stuff done and having a portfolio career. Um, I feel like I saw one time you, you tweeted about this idea of like, when you get so much stuff done that, but also at the same time, like people are amazed at how fast you get stuff done, but yet therefore you sometimes don't capture the value or you don't get paid as much for that. Maybe you could just speak to that and just so people and maybe future employers and, and, and people kind of understand the perspective of like, you know, it's, it's about execution and not necessarily the time and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, when you achieve something and I, and I look at myself as an extremely ambitious person, um, I have a lot of goals, a lot of high level goals, and I am not scared to kind of chase those dreams and goals and go after them. But I also feel at the same time, I don't, enjoy them long enough so 2019 like right some of the things that i did i published a book i went on tour i did a tedx talk i you know was featured in many magazines and podcasts and like books like somebody else published a book and i was like featured in their book so you know just thinking of all these things under the belt it just but to me that's like oh that's that was just 2019 sometimes just one of these accomplishments is a um people will achieve in a year or a few years and it's just I don't sit with them long enough I think I think there could have been a little bit of a longer celebration or like you know vacation taking so you know I I rattle with that all the time of how do I enjoy a little bit more like the the fruits of my labor versus like okay TEDx is done what's next it's just always what's next what's next what's next but versus like wow like I did that like I really did that and you know celebrating and you know, riding until the wheels fall off. Um, you know, I've seen people, you know, their accomplishment happened 30 years ago. And like, that's the thing that they're still talking about, still um, being noticed for. And I don't know if it does me a disservice that people know me for a lot of different things. Or, you know, I even launched a podcast last year too. Like, so he's like, I don't know if it does me a disservice that I'm like, mostly passionate and involved in so many different things. And when I win at the thing or become successful or accomplish it, right. I execute it. I get it done. I don't know if that makes the people that are on the outside think that was like a little thing because I was able to get it done. But for some reason, I also think it's like a little thing. So I don't celebrate it as much as I should, should that that's like the, the best way to sum it up. And I think over this last year, well, not this last year, these, the 2020 already feels like a whole year. Um, every month is a whole nother year. Um, but over these last couple months, I've just been really sitting with myself and cause I had no choice outside is closed. You know, I've worked on remotely forever, but now everyone else was also home with me and, you know, I'm living, um, in like a, the family house with my, like, you know, there's like three generations here. Um, and so just, you know, combating with that, like, actually four so it's like my grandma my dad me and then my children so it's like four generations are in this household right now and just understanding like how do I slow down in a way that feels good and not as like I'm not 
achieving anything but just marinating a little bit right like the, the meat tastes better when it's marinated so that's kind of what i've been looking at it as you know cheese and like wine like any analogy that says just and let let it sit for a little you don't have to do anything with it you don't have to go crazy just let that thing sit you made the wine right now you have to let it sit and ferment and whatever wine does to like become the end result and that's okay just like let it sit and and then enjoy it and celebrate it and think about it versus just like okay next thing next thing okay i made wine now it's time to make vodka now it's time to make like you know all these different things <laughs> um but just like slowing down and like celebrating a little bit more um what is like one of the things I've been like really focused on as well as doing less. So, right. My book was called the art of getting shit done. And now I'm thinking, you know, how can I do less, but still have that high impact. So doing less as in not feeling the need to super be busy, but be more impactful and productive. And I think, you know, I've accomplished a lot of the goals that I, like I set for myself and now it's just like okay what else do you, do you want to do something again right and that's okay to do something that you already done do it again also shifting gears like what if I want to leave this you know the industry that I'm in what if I don't want to be you know what if I just want to be like a thought leader or thinker and not like a consultant just, just like exploring other pathways I think is what I'm doing right now exploring other options what if I just want to be a stay-at-home mom for like two years right just not really work in like the field and just maybe do like certain small projects or just one project and that's it so just exploring these options um with an open mind right and not thinking that it means any less of me to slow down or commit to just one specific project for a long time it's just being able to have that flexibility, right? Having that choice um, is is the key to it all. Is there a um, is there a, a scoring system or grading system or a way that you're evaluating, you know, high impact versus uh, some of these other opportunities? Yeah, any kind of decision framework, or is it just kind of a gut feeling? I was just about to say it's literally all gut, um, and I think for a long time I didn't listen to my gut like that's the better way to put it I would just like do 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 just keep going keep going keep going and now I'm just like getting vibes right like I feel like for a long time I was that person that was I had a strong point of view but I also was very empathetic and sympathetic to others and so in order to kind of keep the peace in certain spaces you know if I knew that I liked pizza but I knew more than half of the room hated pizza I would just kind of like shelve it because I felt like, you know, I needed to be the bigger person or just like I'm more flexible. So I I could just be more flexible. Right. You know, everyone else, they're stuck in their ways. Like I'm a flexible person. And I took that as a trait. But then I realized, you know, that started impacting me in a way that I was giving up so much of myself for others too much. And it became too much of myself and it became a part of my personality. Um, and it's, you know, it's one of the things that I love about myself, but I also have to have it in moderation. Right. Um, saying, eh first thought I really don't like this and I'm just not gonna do it It it's okay like it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be me um and it was also kind of a little arrogant now that I think like looking back you know hindsight is 2020 like looking back it was a little bit of a little bit of arrogance like saying you know I'm the only one that could do this thing because no one else has the patience no one else has the is gonna put in the amount of hours I'm gonna put in right and realistically they can and if they're not willing to it's not my loss it's more so their loss and so allowing people to 
fail or succeed without my input, even if they ask for my help. So if I can and, I, and it feels good to me, gut feeling feels good, I commit. If I can, but it doesn't feel good, I don't commit. Um, and just saying no a little bit more in, in, in a way that feels good to me um, is like the scoring system. Like if it's just too much of a pull, as, and even if it's like a great opportunity, if it's too much of a pull or it doesn't feel right, eh, I'll get it again, right? And I, and I feel like also in, in the year that I, in the year when we spoke in the interview, I think I was living in Georgia and I've since moved back to New York. And so also that impacted my mindset of no matter what, you can always restart, right? You could always restart. You could always have a, you know, a fresh start. You could always change your mind. You don't have to just do this one thing. And like, that goes back to the career portfolio methodology, portfolio career methodology of you could do something new if you just decide to like as as long as you just make that decision commit to the decision and go out there looking you could always start over you could even no matter and every time you hit rock bottom it's an opportunity to get back up again and being okay with that like I feel like I'm an expert at like starting over and getting back up again so I'm not scared of it anymore like if something doesn't work out the way I planned it because it doesn't feel good to my you know it's not a good gut feeling I can restart and that's okay um, speaking of restarting, another thing that, uh, uh, we also talked about, and I think it's, uh, unfortunately a little bit, um, a little bit more present or a little bit more current is just the, unfortunately, a bunch of people have been lost their jobs, mm-hmm. um, starting over, but I, I love the way that you think about call it the power of being broke. Yes. And, uh, maybe can you speak to that a little bit more? Yeah. And, you know, this is a great time for this conversation. I hope, you know, folks really take note of this because one, one of the things of the power of being broke um, is you have more time on your hands. So maybe if you weren't listening to this podcast before, you didn't have time to listen to this podcast episode before. Now you have the time, right? You have like a little bit more freedom versus before where it's just like you're in such so much noise. You're in these little baskets of what reality looks like versus like stopping. And we see this a lot in like cartoons or like magical realism, shows of magical realism or books of magical realism where the character is kind of like they're in the scene, but then you also see like a view of them watching themselves in the scene and like this whole scene kind of stops. And I think that's what um, COVID-19 kind of did for many people was like, I'm going to take you out of this for a minute, like back up, look at what's happening. Do you like what is around you? Do you like what you're seeing right now? Is this where you want to be? And if the answer is no, it was just like this opportunity to shift the space in like a way that has never been done before. You know, that job that you were debating of quitting for months now and you just didn't have the time to sit down and make your checklist. Guess what? You have time to make your checklist. And are you going to stay there? Are you going to quit? You know, that job that wasn't flexible enough. Um, now they went remote. Lesson in disguise. Um, you know, you wanted to be more active in your kids' lives. Now you're homeschooling, right? So it, it just kind of forced you to step outside of yourself, see what was happening. And then now it's like you have this realistic choice. Before it felt like there was no choice. Now you can see the choices clearly. Are you going to keep doing that thing? Because let's say shit hits the fan again in a few years. Do you want to be here where you are right now when we're in a global pandemic? Are you in the proper neighborhood to manage a global pandemic? Are you in the proper relationship to manage a global pandemic? 
and then if, if the answers to those questions are no, it's like, okay, well, you have a few months to kind of sit by yourself in a corner and start planning and start strategizing and going on YouTube and learning, going on Facebook and learning. You know, I was watching, um, my son the other day told me that, uh, there was a YouTube video that had 6.8 billion views. There's like, uh, what is it like 7.9 or 7.2 billion people in the world. So, you know, YouTube videos have crossed, I don't, and I'm pretty sure, I don't, I don't remember any YouTube videos like reaching the billions before this, but there's now multiple YouTube videos that have gone into the billions because people are home, they're watching, they're listening, they're paying attention, they're doing things that they've never thought they would have done ever. And so now, you know, it's, it, it sucks that, and I tell people this all the time, it sucks that it's usually negative events that jolt the biggest positive change in your life. But that, you know, it's the, it's the storm before the rainbow. It's the, you know, the planting of the seeds. You have to dig up the ground and make it all messy. And then a few months later, you have these beautiful trees and plants and vegetables and you reap what you sowed. So that's kind of what's happening here. This is your opportunity to get that restart that you've been looking for. And, you know, if you're afraid of like judgment or, other people's perceptions guess what that's also gone too so you have literally no excuses to start over no excuses to you know everyone is starting over you're not going to be a weirdo you're not going to be judged your family's not going to question why you aren't working you know it's not going to be like this big thing so now you really have to sit with yourself and saying all these all the excuses that you have previously are now gone right and then tying it back to the power of, of broke you have no money you have now time on your hands insight that you never had before are you going to sit in that situation and build more excuses of why you can't take action on what you want to do or are you going to do something about it and like it's like this again it's like this big the elephant in the room has now unveiled this stuff and it's like i'm not going anywhere so you have two choices pay attention to me or keep on pretending i'm not here but you are seeing me clear as day. So it's going to be your choice. You're going to be the one that's suffering. And it's just really putting the accountability back on the person, right? A lot of people say, oh, I don't have this much money. I don't have these resources. I don't have this. I don't have that. No one does. What are you going to do about it? Right? Are you going to let that be your excuse forever? Because guess what? You don't have to make it your excuse forever, but you're choosing that. And so acknowledging that and putting the accountability of letting people know that this is a choice you chose to make are you going to sit with that choice or are you going to do something about it? Um, it, and so, you know, the power of broke is like not having the money there. So you can't say, Oh, money's the excuse anymore. No one has it. What are you going to do about it? What's next? <laughs> so that's and, and, and what is that? You also talked about earlier, the, the, the pull versus push, you know, let's say somebody is starting over. Uh, do you have a process about like emailing a couple people or evaluating some ideas anything of that nature? Cause obviously that like that first email or that first step always feels uncomfortable. But then after you take like 10 in the right direction, you're like, Oh yeah, this was such a great idea, but yeah, let me do this forever. Yeah. Um, so I have a few resources on my site, like the doer canvas, but this is for somebody that's more so like, it's a lot more entrepreneurial things, but I think it could, you could apply it to your life. It's just mapping out the resources that you have. So the resource map, anybody can use that. The doer canvas is for somebody that's more um, entrepreneurial. I'm starting a business, but you know, taking inventory is the first step. Taking inventory. What do I have? And on the resource map, it's like, what do I have? Who do I know? And um, what what do I know? So those taking inventory of those three things. What do I know? Who do I know? And what do I have? And then from there, planning out who do I need to know? 
what do I need to know and what do I need to get? And then really just matching it up. Okay. I know, um, David and he has podcasting experience. That's, and I need to know podcasting experience. Maybe I'll shadow him. Maybe I'll volunteer. Right. So taking inventory first and then making a, a, ma- a list of the things that you, you want to get and then using the inventory you currently have to barter, to trade, right? Everything is of value. You may not have physical cash to give, but I could say, you know, David, I'll edit all of your podcast episodes, right? I'll help you outreach to your guests. Now I'm learning how to do those things. So four months from now, a month from now, two months from now, when I'm ready to start my podcast, I now have that knowledge, right? And I didn't have to pay you to teach me that I volunteered my time and that was the payment. That was the exchange. And so just, you know, using the resources that you have and making that exchange, if you do have money, maybe I do pay you for a couple hours of training, right? And now I have the time to learn the training. So maybe maybe money is what I have and I just got time. That's the new resource that I got advantage of in the crisis. Maybe Time is what I have and money is what, not what I have. So now, you know, how can you trade and barter and interact with the things that you do have? So taking inventory, creating a plan of what you're trying to get, and then looking at the inventory of how you could barter, exchange, or make a connection to get those things that you need, and then just start tackling it one by one. Um, and then, you know, inside of that plan, you know, the who do you know part is going to be help. Um, help you tap into your network. So if it's a survey that you need to do, if it's a LinkedIn post, if it's an email blast. So just once, but once you, you have to take inventory first before you even get to that, that step. And you've done those, uh, that survey uh, approach or the email or the Facebook, you've kind of experimented mm-hmm. with all those in terms of asking for help or asking, you know, to some extent, giving people the chance to collaborate with you or just um, to support you. Absolutely. So once I take inventory and then I know, um, and then I create like that, the, the, the list of the things that I need, if I, I'll reach out first to the people that I've taken inventory with that I know have like a more direct connection to, and then I'll just post it on social. Hey guys, I'm doing this thing. Right. And everything that I've started, people will see, Oh, Georgie, you're having this, you know, you're doing this big launch thing. I'm just like, why? Well, just ask. Like, how did you meet that person? I asked them, I emailed, I DM'd, I did. Like, really, that's all you had to do? I'm like, yeah. And if it didn't work, it didn't work. But it did work. So that's all I had to do. I didn't have to go through, you know, a lot of the hoops are in our head. You know, there are certain, like, realistic hoops. I can't, like, DM Beyonce. Like, I can't just say, hey, Beyonce. But if I really wanted to, I could track down who's her assistant's assistant's assistant and you know figuring out okay what's the best way to reach out to this person and then you know submitting on the right newsletters and be persistent right the bigger the person the harder to get to but there's a lot of like low-hanging fruit and like wins that you could get very easily putting something on linkedin putting something on twitter right i tell you know i don't have a whole lot of followers on twitter but i put something out there and it'll get retweeted by one person and another 15 people retweeted and it's liked and then I'm getting submissions. Um, And an example of this is the Black Podcasting Awards. A couple months ago in February, I heard about somebody tweeted, you know, there should be a Black Podcasting Awards. And I was like, oh, this is a cool idea. And um, on the thread, I saw a lot of people saying, I'd volunteer this. I'll contribute that. I'll partner with this way. But there was no sign-up sheet. So I took action and initiative and saying, hey, this is a sign-up sheet. I want to make this real. Like, this is cool. I think this should be real. Let's make it real. And now we have launched, uh, you know, th- this is happening. It's happening on September 27th, recruited people on my network. Then there was people that, you know, were on the list, over 75 people signed up. And now it's a real thing happening. We have like nominations coming in. We have like, f- we're fundraising at kicks, like a whole thing. But it just started with me taking action and creating a Google form and buying a domain. So 20 minutes of work 
is going to produce something that could change lives. Um, you know, 20 minutes of initial work and like what, 10 bucks for the domain. Um, you know, a few months later is now this bigger thing, but it had to start somewhere by just taking that like small action step, tapping into your network and just putting it out there, putting it out. You don't know who is going to find it. And sometimes you, you at least expect like who slides back into your, your DM when you put something out there. Amazing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's incredible. And uh, it's a really inspiring message of just, yeah, those small little bets of small little next steps of just seeing, yeah, just a, people talking about something, but nobody really leading and just mm-hmm. saying, okay, cool. I'm doing this. You all are in let's go. <laughs> I know, uh, yeah, just this execution stuff and, uh, we could talk about for a while, but I know another thing that you've have become an expert in is, um, is Remo. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know Remo, I've used it once, but uh, would just love to hear uh, from you, Georgie, just a little bit about Remo and how it's a powerful tool to bring people together. And uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really great uh, uh, platform. Yeah, so Remo is a virtual conferencing, virtual networking platform. So similar to like Zoom, um, it's like online, so you could connect with other folks. But the thing I like about Remo is the fact that it's one of the closest thing to in-person networking that I've seen. It allows you to have like a floor plan or a map that you see many different people on the map. Um, there's like small tables that you could go on and connect with. And I know hearing about it sounds weird. Like every time I talk about it, I'm just like, this sound, it doesn't make sense. Um, but seeing it is the better way to um, tackle it. And I've, so I've been creating a lot of content on like YouTube. So that way people can understand the platform because they're like, oh, why wouldn't I just do a Zoom, right? If you have a platform and you've been doing events in person and you have a platform that focuses on networking and people connecting in person, this is a platform that you want to use because it allows for those like in-person connections to thrive it you know you're not seeing the same people every single time you can move around and with flexibility like you can in an in-person session you could see each other they're a small group so you're not seeing like 400 people at once you're only seeing whoever is at your table so it feels like an organic connection and you have to be present inside of the session i tell people all the time you know a regular webinar or like a zoom you could go and like just have it in the background on your phone while you're cooking dinner or making tea or coffee or whatever Inside of the Remo platform, the way it's formatted, you have to be stationed somewhere. You have to be present. You have to be participating and talking and engaging to really get the maximum experience from it. Um, you know, even if you're joining on mobile, it's it's just not the same experience as like sitting behind a desktop or a laptop and saying, I am here with you. We are here in this session to learn, to meet, to connect, to engage. Um, and so, you know, Virtual event production has been something I've been doing for the last three years, and I discovered Remo about a year ago. And ever since, I was just like, wow, this is a powerful tool. I am one, I am a champion for in person experiences and networking. And this allows for that virtually. And then once COVID hit, you know, there was more of a need for that. So we've done everything from tech meetups to wine tastings. Um, and we, as in my consulting agency, GSD Solutions, um, and, you know, it really means a lot to me to see when we have these events, so many people come on and get to meet people the way they did, you know, share laughs, share drinks, share experiences. And that's just such a powerful humanistic thing that 
we need we need that human connection you could feel like you're somewhere with somebody even if you're not able here to touch them and somebody made up this whole thing about like a virtual hug of like (laughs) tapping yourself but it just really feels present and I think that's what we as like humans need right now is just the presence and feeling like oh I'm just not on like a dismissive call somebody has me on mute and they're just like walking around their kitchen but like I see you I am here this is your time I am dedicating to be here with you amazing um, and so people can work with you, uh, conference organizers, uh, I guess, company leaders, event planners, et cetera, mm-hmm. people that just want to throw up uh, new events and conferences can talk to you about that. Yeah. And if you had an ongoing event in your organization that maybe was canceled or, you know, paused because of Corona, I think we could, we could create like a solution. Um, a lot of the clients that have come to us had pre-existing events or monthly series or workshops, and we just showed them how to convert that to an online experience that still had the quality that they were looking for. Cool. All right. Um, so we talked a lot about, um, a lot of the important things, and I know a lot of people probably already started taking inventory using the doer <laughs> canvas and stuff, but, uh, George, is there anything else that you think that we missed in terms of, yeah, just portfolio career, getting stuff done, you know, launching projects. Yeah. Just helping people get to where they are and where they want to go. Yeah. I would only add the last thing I would add is like, remember to keep your blinders on. And when I say that it's, you know, there's just so many things and especially if you're a person that is that has a portfolio career, you are already like very busy and like have multiple trains of thoughts and you're already multiple passion, multi-passionate. And then when other people's opinions come inside of that or you see somebody else doing something, you know, it's easy to get distracted, especially on social media, that fancy shiny thing that that person's doing. You don't have to participate in that thing at all. You don't have to participate in it right now. Not because you know, this person has their podcast website, like looks like that. And the other 10 people have their podcast website looks away means that you have to do those things. Um, Oh, everyone has these like lines on their podcast promotions. If you can do that and you want to do that, go ahead. If it's going to be too much of a pull, don't worry about it. Right. You don't have to fit into the norm. You could have your blinders up. You could just be how you are. And the people that are meant for you will find your content, will find your tools, will find your resources and everybody else. There's seven point X, Y, Z amount of people, billion people in the world. You'll be okay. So don't overthink it. Keep your blinders on. Stay focused in whatever lane you choose to be at that time. Attack that lane. Be the best that you could be and honor whatever your best is. Even if your best is, you know, half of what somebody else's best is, that's okay. It's still your best. Um, and just acknowledging that you, you're doing great work. You're trying your best um, and, you know, f- stay focused on what you want that's you know life is short and just stay focused on your goals your aspirations and what you want to achieve amazing all right georgie please let listeners know where they can um follow up and um support uh, more of your efforts yeah so everything on all social media at gsd with georgie um i have my youtube channel which i'm growing right now if you look up gsd with georgie it'll pop up and gsd with georgie.com so i have everything is all the same so you can't miss it (laughs) (laughs) awesome thank you so much georgie for round two looking forward to uh, round three Uh, absolutely thank you so much for having me again david bye georgie bye hey friend thanks again for tuning in to another episode of portfolio career podcast wanted to also let you know about my monthly newsletter called one email away where I fundamentally believe that we are all one email away from 
new opportunities. And if there's a way that I could potentially help you to connect with other people, I would love to do that. So one email away, um, you can sign up for my newsletter on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. You can also see the one email away section. But just want to take this moment to say thank you for, for listening to this episode. Really excited for us to build and grow our portfolio careers together.